There are 10,000 sightings each year in North America alone. And so it's been since the dawn of time, Stone Age and even biblical references into our modern age. In 1947, Kenneth Arnold saw nine unidentified craft out the window of his small plane, followed by the historic crash at Roswell and its legendary cover-up. In 1957, UFOs were spotted over our nation's capital. The Pentagon held press briefings. Multiple witnesses in 1967 at Malmstrom Air Force Base in Montana see fighters scramble but easily outrun by UFOs that climb upwards of 200,000 feet twice the service ceiling of our highest flying spy planes. Dr. Edgar Mitchell, the sixth man to walk on the moon, cites secret studies on extraterrestrial materials and bodies. Secretary of State Cyrus Vance and future President Gerald R. Ford validate the UFO phenomenon in official government memoranda. But now people only laugh, and only Roswell is remembered. We must ask ourselves, are they really a hoax? Bottom of that just got a whole lot weirder. I looked at you and said, repeat that. You said I've got to get to the bottom of that. We have liftoff. Check out what's coming up on today's episode. Unless you're dumb. So, and also the, the radio, the radio Oh, the radio guy. announcer, yeah. yeah. Ragsdale? Yeah, so he... I was announcing that, hey, flying disc was found, you know, reported by the Air Force. And he said that the military called him and was like, um, shut this down. Stop. Yeah, now. they threatened him. Yeah, they threatened him. And, and then they called the owner of the radio station. <clears throat> no. Yeah, and was like, shut this down. You're because, done. Because they told the radio guy, they told him they were like, hey, you know, stop this. And he was like, well, I ain't going to stop it. You can't shut it. My name's up. Ragsdale. And uh, he was like, oh, we'll see. And then it came from his boss. Stop talking stop about it. it. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Dude. It was a weather balloon. Did he get on and say that? I bet he, oh, that just probably. Yeah, I don't think he probably retracted it. I'm not sure. but from He the, needs a podcast. Yeah. Ragsdale. Yeah. I wonder if he's got one. Um, one of the girl, like the, the, I think Max, I don't know if it was his daughter or one of the neighbors or something like that. She, I saw her on a documentary and she was talking about the liquid metal Yeah. and the military <clears throat> came to, she said, you know, the military was always nice and everything. And, but not this day. No. Then after that, she was terrified because they came to their house and was like, um, you weren't there. And she was like, uh, yes, I was. I was there, and he was like, FBI, open up! He was like, no, you weren't. When are you going to get this through your thick skull? Wow. He, and he said the same kind of thing. Um, if you don't shut your mouth, you're going to be found Yeah. maybe in the desert, your bones. You know, that kind of thing. You're done. So that was going around a lot. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, that that is actually corroboration. Is that the right word? 
when you get a story right because yeah. dude just mentioned it yeah and now you're saying another person mentioned that mm-hmm. same thing about being threatened about your bones being stuck up in the desert yeah dice man enterprises exclusively presents a talk show that will get to the bottom of things once and for all and now here's your host for let's get to the bottom of that three weirdos on a mic Welcome back to another show. I'm fat and my junk is broke. Yeah. Yeah. Did y'all like that? That was a lyric on the fly right there. I loved it. I'm fat and my junk is broke. Interpret that as you want. (laughs) Welcome in. Welcome into another episode of Let's Get to the Bottom of That. I'm your host, Byron Dice. Be your own. I'm joined in studio with Joey and my lovely bride again, Susan. Rawr. Is your mic on? Yeah. Are you here? I'm here. You're like fading out? No, I'm here. Um, it is sunny in Philadelphia. She's ready to listen to us read today? Uh-huh. Yes. Let's which just, is my favorite thing to do in this podcast. Let's just read a. Let's just read an insert. I'm just going to read a book, which is what I did on my last episode. <laughs> Welcome to Byron's story time. Yeah. Story time. I'm going to give you quotes from Ben Franklin and Abe Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, like Audible. Yeah. Welcome. Well, people love those. They do. You're listening to Audibles all the time now. I do. I listen. I mean, to them that's on YouTube. There's a lot of Audible books on YouTube. What kind of books you listen to? Dean Koontz, Karate Kid. <laughs> She's Stephen listening King. to Stephen King, dude. There's some weird... I hear some stuff over there. Uh, I'm like, what are you doing, you, bro? You like the horror stories? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not really horror. It's like mystery kind of stuff. I don't know. I hear some of that stuff. They, they just coming out of the speakers of it. I'm like, dude. That is true. Stephen King's not really like... Uh, dude. He's not really liking it. Well, at least I don't know, but... He's, he's weird. Not, he's weird, but yeah. it's not like a cult weirdism. It's not like... It's just what horror. would be a cold? Will. It's not like Anime of the Animaville. And what is it? What Animaville? Easy. Jeez, a Freddy Krieger. It's, you know, like Cujo. Cujo yeah. wasn't really a horror. It wasn't like satanic stuff. Right. Sure. You know, it's a but rabid like dog. The shining. Wait, didn't he do it? Uh, well, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's okay. that's okay. definitely satanic. What are you talking about? Was it, it is a horror, yeah. Yeah, a clown running around? That's not satanic. Killing kids? Yes, but that's not like... I'm, and you really, and I'm you, a possessed it's not a demon. Oh, okay, so not like yeah, the Exorcist. No, what well, do we? Do? We he kind of stays levels. away from that. You know what I mean? Oh, you serious? Yeah, at least from my experience. Well, look at Christine, satanic car. Are you joking? That's what, it was possessed by a demon. It's killing people. Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> he has different levels. Need I've never been more wrong in my I entire stand, life. I stand corrected. You guys are just browbeating me. <laughs> Listen, this was before my time. Stephen King. Me too. But look I at mean, him though. He looks weird. He does. He looks Doesn't like he? the type of guy that like to go to Colorado <laughs> and Estes Park, sit in a haunted hotel. He looks like the guy that would make something in the Denver airport. He is creepy. He would, like a mural. Yeah. He's, hey, he was, guys, look at this. There's two guys over here holding their butts. He was like the guy that pushed over Lucifer on the art. <laughs> Lucifer. I missed that one. Yeah, you missed that episode. Yeah, we were Here's a long-time that. listener of our show, Susan Dice. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't uh, catch by that By the one. way, yeah. <clears throat> wow. Uh, well, hello, my conspiracy nuts. You know who you are. Today, we're going to talk about 
the Roswell incident. Rar. And if you don't know what that is, you probably don't, you're probably not a regular on the show. Roswell is the epicenter of the alien conspiracy. That's where it all began. And we're going to get into it. Uh, But first, as I have been doing on this show, wait, you know what? I got to get my stuff right. Hey, get the, hey, come on. Here we go. Get the music going. There it is. Guess what time it is. Mm. Got, got comments, comments from the listeners, comments from my listeners. Bro. Um, here we go. Comments. And if, if, of course, if you listen to the last couple episodes, I've been trying to get through these uh, and we're going to keep going. I'm not going to read all of them because there's a lot of them. Uh, apologize if I hadn't got to you yet, but I will get to you. And the ones I have gotten to appreciate you. I think we can get to all of them. Uh, Douglas that. Pierce from the Spotify mobile app on the Shroud of Turin episode said, great episode as always. I could hear Joey very well yes. this time. The Thanks and Sweet. God bless. Thanks, man. Hold up. Let me pull your, you know, let me make sure I got that's you. That's great. I just really, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> Look, <laughs> that just sounds, kidding. that just sounds kidding. great. I mean, Does it? That sounds Listen. like my interpretation of him. Yeah. Listen, I just uh, really glad <laughs> Listen, to be here. Listen, I love Lucifer and Stephen King. He's I'm not just, a horror writer. I'm just really into uh, artwork <clears throat> in the Denver airport. Douglas Pierce appreciates that. Uh, of course, we got Jay Yeeky 79 This guy tears our comments up. <clears throat> he does. Uh, also on the Shroud of Turin on the Spotify mobile app. He said, yes, sir. I'm so glad they didn't invade yet. Time for another episode. Or did they? Or did they? So, do you know who he's talking about? I'm, because I don't. To be Jay Yeeky, it's been so long. That was touring. Touring. He said he was saying time for another episode. I'm glad they didn't invade yet. Obviously, somebody's invading somebody. Yeah, maybe he's talking about Israel. I don't know. Jay Yeeky, if you're hearing this, apologize we didn't get your comment. Let us know what you're talking about with the the invasion. Maybe I need to <clears throat> listen to it. Uh, Nicholas from the. I don't know why I put you in. Uh, I'm not sure what that's He's from. from the United Nations. I don't think he said another. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I totally bunched this up. This is Nicholas, and his Instagram handle is another dirty La Fuente. Okay. You got that? You got it? Okay. This is from the Instagram, uh, Instagram account. Now, this is kind of lengthy. I listened to STDWYTK. I've been trying to figure out what the heck that is. It's obviously a podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. And he said, yeah, stud work. That's a good one. And a bunch of other great podcasts. Like when my brother got me on y'all. Wow. Great work. I was a little skeptical of another quote conspiracy podcast. And your first few episodes that were mm, questionable. Probably agree with that. But then I heard the Federal Reserve episode. You got me. You gave me more info on the Fed Reserve than any other that I've listened to. You can go. Okay, yeah. Let's go ahead and. Oh, I don't have my good one. Thank you. Susan wants a little hand clap there. You can go ahead and tally me as an avid listener. I'm going through your catalog now from beginning and don't know if you've covered this. The lost Russian Russian cosmonaut. We have not covered that, but that sounds interesting. That does sound dope. And how they erased from history with failure. The U.S. Govern, government poisoning us through the FDA. Mm. Well, we talk Done. about that all the time anyway, but we haven't done a specific show. Done. 
the methods the U.S. government has uh, used to castrate their population. I we, frogs. We kind of covered. Yeah, the frogs are gay. Uh, we kind of covered that on the last episode with uh, the chemtrails. A little bit. Yeah, you know what I'm we saying? We touched on her. Yeah, population. I have many more, but I feel I need to catch up to know. To know. Keep up the great work. Well, thanks, Nicholas. Another dirty La Fuente. Appreciate that. Keep the comments coming. Also, uh, Herb Dean Forrest on the Denver airport. He said, as a fellow weirdo, welcome to the Weirdo Club, Dean. I love learning about new conspiracy theories. Now I can bug my wife about the Denver airport. God bless you and all the gay frogs. Oh, the gay frogs. The frogs are gay. Mention that. Thank you, Dean. Um, Tyler Kruger (laughs) from the End Times episode. How does this guy have a show he almost knows nothing about? And, of I course, love- we're talking about Joey. Yeah. No, man. I'm just kidding. He's talking about Mike. Yeah, Mike. Mike was here when we did the end times. Clueless, dude. How does this guy have a show he almost knows nothing about? Yeah. No, I've, how does this guy have show? Have show. Well, how about Tyler? How does Tyler not type? <laughs> have you took English? Or taken uh, well, thank you, Kruger. I appreciate that. And you're absolutely right. I, I, I don't, I've said this thousands of times. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> Those are my, I don't know why they're my favorite comments. I know, I love it. They're, they're so just, uh, it's, yeah, it, it's true. I well, know yeah. nothing about anything. I'm just hearing a mic. I'm a weirdo and I like talking about stuff. Exactly, dude. And I am flabbergasted at the amount of people that listen to this show. Yeah. I, I can't believe it. It's crazy. I cannot believe it. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just very grateful. <laughs> we even, try even for Tyler Kruger that thinks I don't know anything, which is true. Appreciate you listening. What, it's not called intellectuals on a on a mic. No, it's weirdos. Yeah. And it's not like, we- welcome. Today is Saturday, yeah, uh, August fifteenth, and uh, today we're going to be talking about the end times. <laughs> Let me bring to you a couple Bible scriptures here today. Uh, this is great. Yeah. Okay. So, Revelation okay. one one. We, we don't do that. Okay, well, that was for you. We're riffing. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're free balling oh up here, gosh. Tyler. Um, yeah, free, yeah, free balling. And I'm free, free balling. I like how Susan got in there and went with balling, too. She knew it was coming. Even though oh, she's yeah. a lady. I've got lady nuts. Yeah, she has lady nuts for real. Cajonas. Um, thank, thank you, Tyler. Thank you. Uh, Minty Kins, and there's an emoji kitten beside her name. So is she saying Minty Kittens? Not sure. Anyway, for the Spotify mobile app on the the Malaysian flight, the plane that disappeared, she said, it's interesting, but I wish we could have found that plane by now. It's gone, dude. Yeah, it's, it's, it went to another dimension, dude. It went to Strahd's Smithereens. Land, <laughs> yeah, it went, it went to, went, see, Strahd. He knows how to Barovia, get. It went to dude. He's like, oh, I must have this plane. <laughs> yeah, I must have this plane. The plane, I will come into the, uh, the place. Uh, Lil Guapo's back on the Spotify mobile app for the Holy Grail episode. He said the Grail is held in the Vatican by the Nephilim. Yep. Yes. The giants control the Catholic Church and the Pope is a puppet. The elite of the world use the Grail to drink the adrenochrome to live forever. I believe JK. It. JK, JK. Hey, there's no. But that, there's some truth to that kidding right there, Guapo. Yeah. What do you think's in the Pope's hat? hat the Grail. Than- the gray. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just up there. Yeah. Well, I need a little adrenochrome for breakfast. He reaches up there. Don't mind if thine does. 
Oh my gosh. I, what were you going to say? A, oh, a Nephilim is in his saying hand? he's an alien. Oh. <laughs> he's just got that big <clears throat> alien head. It's got a. He's yeah, got those that hats big, are weird. Why are y'all doing that? I don't know, man. Anyway. Um, Yvonne Sexton from the, the Shroud of Turin episode. Or Evan. Or Evan, right. I've heard it both ways. What do you think it is? It's Evan. Why can't it be Yvonne? Because it's not. Well, with a last name like Sexton, come on. It's got to be Yvonne. Sexton. <laughs> um, well, he or she said, I've seen the Shroud. It's a really cool experience. Yeah, that's cool. Because you, it's in Turin. Yeah, he's been to It's Turin. on display. It's cool that he's been to tour in Italy. <laughs> I'm jealous, actually. That's what <clears throat> William Wilson, 6499 on our YouTube channel, uh, on the Shroud of Turin, said, Anyone who believes the Gospels are divinely inspired word of God must reject the Shroud as fake. Ooh. I wonder yes. why. Why do you say that? Controversy. Uh, well, he's saying, look, guys. <laughs> it just sounds right. Look, if you believe that it's fate because it, the gospels are the divinely inspired word of God, it has to be fake. Well, you that's know what, what he's saying here. I, Williams Wilson, 6499. Yeah, what do you say? Please expound on that. Okay. Because I want to learn genuinely. Well, sure. Because I tried to rabbit hole that when I saw that comment before. I was like, what is he? I don't understand what he means by that. William, 6499, please. Uh, send us an email, truth at bottom of that.com and give us your expound comments on the, uh, on this comment, right? Because here. we're in the business it. of getting to the bottom of things. Yeah, and sure. if we can get to the bottom of something, and that's to all of our listeners, like if you have information that we didn't, don't have, bro. Okay. I think he's saying it's all about faith and there's not evidence. So the word of God is all okay. faith. All right. So we're, um, I don't. We should probably cut this and yeah. get some more comments on the uh, the next episode. Cool, because we're fit. You thought we could get through, but I don't think we can. I mean, it's gonna be thirty minutes before we get through all these, and we got a lot of talking to do about Roswell. So uh, appreciate all the comments. I will get to the rest of them uh, next episode. Uh, keep them coming. Appreciate it. Um, now it's time for Roswell, and it's theory time. Cool. The term Roswell, let's get into it. It's commonly associated, and this is the most commonly associated, with the Roswell. Of course, Roswell is a place, Roswell, New Mexico. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this is referring to the UFO incident, which occurred in 1947 in Roswell, New Mexico. In July of that year, there were reports of, unidentified, of an unidentified object that crashed on a ranch near Roswell. Initially, the U.S. military issued a press release. Usually when they do that, something's up. Stating it was a flying disc that they had recovered, but then later retracted that statement, claiming it was a weather balloon. Exactly. Case closed. <laughs> really? A weather balloon? Well, let's just go home. We got all the answers. Okay, so here's the, here's the setup for this. In July 1947, the incident, it was, un, it, was, it was widespread speculation and conspiracy theories. The events uh, began with an unidentified, I already read this. Okay, here, here's what we got here. There was a ranch, and the guy that owned the ranch was Mac Brazel, or is it Brazil? Yes. 
<laughs> I like Brazel. Oh, okay, Brazel. It's located approximately 30 miles north of Roswell. Okay. He discovered debris scattered across a large area on his property. And the debris consisted of, check this out, metallic-looking materials, unusually or unusual lightweight structures, and other fragments. Yeah. Okay? Now, on July 8, 1947, he reported the finding to a local sheriff, who in turn informed the nearby Roswell Army Airfield. Hmm. That's convenient. There's an Army Airfield near Roswell. That's interesting. Now, initially on July 8th, the public information office at Roswell Army Air Force Field, Lieutenant Walter Halt. Is that a good one? Or is it? I think it's Hyute. Hyute. I'm sorry, Lieutenant, that I uh, butchered your name up. Let's just call him Lieutenant Walter. He issued a press. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) Press. Press conference. Where is uh, Rachel Perry? He (laughs) issued a press release stating that the military had recovered a flying disc. This announcement captured the attention of the media and the public, fueling speculation about the possibility of a crashed extraterrestrial spaceship. However, that was July 8th. The excitement was short-lived because on July 9th, the military issued a revised statement claiming that the debris was not a flying disc, but a weather balloon. So this abrupt change in the official narrative contributed? I'm done. Contributed. Contributed to conspiracies all over the place. And of course, it's a cover-up. So over the years, Roswell incident has become a focal point for UFO enthusiasts and conspiracy... Oh, my Lord. Jeez. Help him, Lord. <laughs> Just get the music going. Conspiracy theories. <clears throat> the official explanation of a weather balloon has been met with skepticism. The Roswell incident continues to be a subject of debate and speculation within the realm of the UFO lore. Wow. Okay, so here I'm about to play a interview from a eyewitness. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to listen to this interview. Now, mind you, Susan's already nodding off. So the, the, the lights are dark in here in the studio. It's just very dim. It's already voice. Yeah. Joey's voice is calm and soothing. Yeah. It's uh, a, I'm just here to bring it. And so I'm going to warn you in, in, in advance, you, you've got to perk up because this guy is not, he's so exciting. He's just—he's going to keep you on the edge of your seat. What? I'm I just mean, kidding. This he's was, very uh, boring. Is the way he talks, but you got to listen to what he says. But you're just going to have to push through and get to it. When okay? was this interview recorded? In the '90s. Who is this dude? I'm about to get to it. Okay, let's go. What was his middle name? Uh, Joey. No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> uh, his middle name is Glenn. Glenn Hauser. Um, so I'm just going to read to you real quick. There's eyewitnesses of this event in Roswell. Okay, so it's not like somebody made stuff up. Of course, you got the the rancher, Mac Brazil, who discovered the debris. Eyewitness, yeah. got it. We have William D. Proctor. He was a neighbor to Mac Brazil. He reported seeing the strange stuff, okay? Uh, Jesse Marcel is a military officer. He was the intelligence officer at the Army Airfield who inspected the debris. Eyewitness. He actually had his hand on it. 
There's also Sheriff George Wilcox. He was the local law enforcement to whom Mac initially reported the mm-hmm. discovery to. Okay. So, and then we've got uh, W. Glenn Dennis. He's a mortician. Now, that's interesting. Dennis claimed to have spoken with a nurse at Roswell Army Airfield who described unusual debris, non-human bodies, and that's the guy we're going to, that's the guy we're about to listen to, the mortician, Mm. Glenn Glenn Dennis. Also, we got Frankie Rowe. He was a resident. He was a child at the time, but he reported uh, seeing military convoys transporting the wreckage. So we actually saw the wreckage that they were carrying Away from this, uh, away from the site. And also, we got Jim Ragsdale. Oh, Jimmy boy! He's a radio announcer. He reported seeing the wreckage and described it as not resembling anything he's ever seen before. Okay, so that sets up the eyewitness reports. Uh, we are going to listen to this interview. Uh, so, listeners, bear with. If you've never heard this interview before, uh, just pay attention and stay with it. If you have, you can just. Uh, Skip probably about 12 minutes into the future of this podcast if you've already heard it and just go over it. So we'll get to it. Here is W. Glenn Dennis, mortician. Really, the way I became involved in this was started out in the after early afternoon around probably 1.30 in the afternoon. And I received a telephone call from the mortuary officer out at the Walker Air Force Base, Army Airfield Base. And uh, he was requiring, inquiring about what would be the smallest possible casket that we could get that would be hermetically sealed. But I, he wanted to know if we had any in stock. And I said, no, but I, if I can make a call to Amarell, I can have him in, you know, by 7 o'clock the next morning on the truck. So he said, I'll get back to you. And uh, that was the first contact that I had with the base. Then he called back, uh, oh, probably 45 minutes or so later. And he said, I need to ask you some more questions. He said, in case something like this should happen, he said, we, uh, we need to know what the preparation, what, how, what your preparations are for the bodies that had been laying out in the elements, you know, and uh, he said, we need to know also what, uh, what if your treatments of, of the bodies are the remains, uh, what could you do to them? And if your treatments, would it, would it change any of the chemical breakdown of the tissues, the blood? Would it make a difference? And I said, I thought probably it would. And I said, uh, of course, he knew exactly how we would treat those bodies because we have an outline from them and what we really have to do. I think he that he already at that point knew exactly what we would have to do. So anyway, he said, well, you know, we don't really have anything. He said, we're sitting here thinking in case we should get involved in something like this, you know, what would be our preparation? What, what would should we do? Then I, you know, I went through... I said, do you really want to know how we would do it? Well, yes, you know, we would like to know. So that's when I explained to him that we would have the vats that we would fill up with a, with formaldehyde solution with water, and we'd put the bodies in them, uh, let them 
stay there for 24 hours and then take them out. And uh, then we would pack the bodies in. Uh, would be a sawdust and really a lime, what we would pack them in, then wrap them in the plastic. That's bodies that were badly decomposed. If there was tissue, deep tissue, we would have to do it hypodermically uh, with needles to get to the deep tissue. Then we would have to aspirate the cavities if the cavities hadn't already ruptured and then put some cavity fluid in those. I said that's, you know, kind of normal procedure. You mean when I offered to take care of them? He said, well, we, we don't really, right at this time, we don't really need your assistant, but he said, in case something like this should happen, then he said we would be prepared and we would know what to do. Then we got back on to the subject of maybe not damaging any of the of the chemicals, uh, compounds or anything with the bodies or, you know, tissues, uh, whatever, because it, uh, and they wanted, you know, how do you, would you pick bodies up like that and what would you do not to, to uh, contaminate any of it? Well, I didn't go out to the base. Yeah, I was curious, but the only, I didn't go out to the base and probably a couple hours later, and I'd got an emergency call. There was an airman that was injured in an accident, and I took the airman to the base. He rode in the ambulance with me, and I took him out to the emergency room, and that's the way I became really involved out the base. I didn't go out just because I was curious. First thing, the lady that I want, the lieutenant that I wanted to see was coming out of one room going across the hall to the other, and she noticed it with me. She said, how did you get in here? What are you doing in here? And she said, you better get out in a hurry. She said, you're going to get in a lot of trouble. She said, would you please leave and get out of here in a hurry? And then about, I turned around and then about, and she went on into the other room. Then in about time I turned around, there was a, there was another officer said, hey, wait a minute. And I said, uh, looks like you had a crash. He said, I see there's some, you know, in the ambulance, in the ambulances out there, I see a lot of wreckage. And I said, where was the crash? And he said, there wasn't any crash. And he said, uh, he said, wait a minute. And I, you know, stood there for a minute. And he turned around and evidently he must wait for somebody else to come out because there was another officer coming out. He said, this man says there was a crash out at the base. He said he wanted to know about, he was inquiring about our crash. And this was when I encountered, he was a red-headed officer and uh, very nasty, very uh, uh, rough. He said, uh, you did not see any crash. There was not any cap crash. And he said, uh, you get the hell out of here and you didn't see anything and you don't talk to anybody. He said, you're going to get in a hell of a lot of trouble. And I said, look, I'm a civilian and there's a damn thing you can do to me about it. He said, no, but somebody might be picking your bones out of the sand. That's when he made the remark there. Then there was a black sergeant that was standing beside him. And he said, yeah, but he would make better dog food for our dogs. Of course, I didn't understand that, but... My father happened to be an old trapper and for a hobby and everything, and I said, my father uses guys like you for bait and these coyote traps. And then there was two MPs that joined me right on, took me outside, and each holding me by my elbows, and they escorted me out to the, back to the ambulance and followed me all the way back to the funeral home. 
when I passed, when I got up, went up the steps and up the ramp, and I was walking, uh, going into the emergency room, I noticed that the doors were open, and then, uh, but what was odd about it, there was an MP standing beside each one of the vehicles in the back, just standing there. And the doors were open, naturally I was curious, and you know, I just happened to look in. That's when I saw some debris that looked like parts of a plane or something that they hadn't had a crash. Because I've seen them do this a lot of times, bring in pieces and the old ambulances in. I noticed in two of the ambulances there was some debris that was probably two and a half to three feet, you know, long and probably high that was propped up on the side of the ambulance there. They were kind of in the shape of maybe like a half a canoe. They they were uh, like the front part of a canoe. And, uh, you know, it looked like it looked like it might be aluminum, but it, it looked more like it was, the metal looked more like stainless steel that had been heated. It was blue, kind of a bluish tint to it. But what was odd about it, it looked like around the curved part in the front of the canoe, there was some did some uh, designs or something that kind of reminded me of maybe some Egyptian signs or whatever. And it was probably about three inches in high and probably the length of what the wreckage I saw, it looked like it was the length. And the same thing was in, in the other ambulance too. I mean, I saw practically the same thing. The, the pieces that were practically the same size and uh, the insignias looked like whatever that might be was uh, part of the wreckage. And so I called out the next day and then probably around 11.30, and she said, I know you've been trying to get a hold of me, but I haven't been available. And she said, why don't you meet me at the officer's club? If you if you have time, meet me at the officer's club and we'll have lunch and I want to, I want to talk to you. She looked like she was, you know, in shock is what she really talked like and looked like. And, uh, she said, I want to, she said, I said, well, I was just curious on the only reason I want to talk to you. I was curious on what happened. And she said, well, you won't believe it. And she says, I don't believe it either. But she said, uh, I got in a lot of trouble on this thing. I probably, I'm not real sure about this. But she said, when I, then she pulled out of a, a little purse or a little pocketbook, whatever she had there. She gave me a little diagram that she had that she had drawn some dry, some uh, figures of uh, of some arms and a uh, face and so on. She told me that this is what you know was what was in those uh, that it was a crash, it wasn't an airplane, but they didn't know what it was at that time. Yeah, but she said we have three bodies. That there was three bodies. She said two of them were very mutilated. One looked like it might have walked out or that it, you know, might have lived a, a little while. And she explained they were like three and a half feet to four feet tall. The uh, two of the bodies were, the, the you couldn't identify much because they were practically destroyed. And it looked like maybe that they might have been uh, a predatory animal or something might have... Uh, been doing some damage on the bodies too. She said that you had, in the the little drawings that I had, she the way she explained it and the way she drew it that the heads were somewhat larger than than a human heads. The hands were long, no thumbs. It was just the long, 
very delicate fingers at the end of the, on the underside at the tip of each fingers was a pad like uh, maybe a little pad but it looked like the skin had maybe a little suction like the little suction cups on those on the uh, no fingernails on the hands the head the lips were very just a long narrow more or less uh, not full lips like we would have in a in most of our people but very fine line very fine lips uh, there was no teeth that was the inside of the mouth that was it was kind of like a real uh, a gums or maybe it was uh, she said explain it it was almost as hard as if it was rawhide maybe at that the uh, the ears there was only two small orifices on each side of the head with the, looked like a couple of small lobes that might some way that might cover both of those but there was not a protruding ear. And also that the nose, there was only two small orifices in the nose. It was, there was really no nose that was uh, convex. It was all just uh, flush with the, uh, the face. So, but she said she walked in the room and they said, hey, we need you, you need to help us. And uh, that was the way she became involved in it. And then she got ill. The doctors also became very ill. They would have to do a little examination, then they'd have to leave and go sit down, and then they would come back and do a little bit more. It was that bad. So they got nauseous. They said the air was toxic. Yeah. Just around them? Yeah. Like While they, they were examining go. the bodies. Yeah. <clears throat> and he was talking about the nurse. That's the nurse yeah. that walked past him. Right. That, the, met that with he him went, the next yes. day. Yeah. yeah, that's what they uh, So I clipped that up. Uh, it was... It, of course, it was a lot longer than that, but I clipped it up to make it uh, usable on the show here. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> well, uh, because I skipped around because, you know, he basically he was telling a story that he got a call and they were like, hey, what do you what, what do you do with bodies? How are you going to preserve bodies? And he because the military doesn't have morticians, morticians and people that are doing body work. Right. They have so he got a call and he was basically telling him what to do. And he's and he was like, uh, do you have any coffins, uh, little small coffins that you can like uh, seal up? And so he, you know, and then, so he said he, he didn't go to the, the ER because of the curiosity. He, because an airman got hurt. Right. Not sure why he would be helping an airman out on a, Ambulance? That was a little. Well, it's a, it's a hmm. small town, and they, the, from what I understand, all of the they were really friendly, like the the air. Force like everybody was, just yeah, well, civilians. Okay. Yeah, it was really friendly. That makes town, sense. You know, and until so he's probably this. helping an airman out with the with the injury. Right. Took him there when he's walking up the steps. He knows the ambulance had wreckage in it, which he described. Um, and then he went in, and that's when they, he was like, oh, we're at the crash out here. And then this, and they were like, man, I'm going to dig you in the ground, boy. <laughs> Started getting nasty with him. Then they <laughs> escorted him out. But he went in to see the, the, the woman because he knew her, the nurse. Right. And then. Um, I wish I could hear <clears throat> the other side of that story because, you know, they always. They always try to make themselves seem as, seem as like B.A. as possible. And I said my father would you know, my skin, you guys alive, <laughs> yeah. you know, but really what happened was like, oh, okay, sir, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be outside waiting. You yeah. Know? 
And then, uh, so then the next day he called her and they had lunch at the officer's club and that's when she described what she, she was saw. Scared. Yeah, she was scared and that's when she drew and described, here's the bodies, dude. So, uh, yeah, strange, bro. <laughs> that's an eyewitness. And uh, that actual interview was, uh, I found it on the uh, interwebs. On wiki? Wikipedia? Yeah. Wi- yeah. It's good stuff. Wikipedia. Found <laughs> <laughs> on the interwebs. It was probably done in the 90s. They finally sat down with him and did an interview. It's crazy they were that short. Four feet tall. Yeah. Are they kids just roaming the universe? Just did they take dad's car out? Yeah. They just, you they know, crashed it. <laughs> cra- they didn't, didn't know what they were doing. Didn't know how to fly it. And then dad's like, well, he's, <laughs> you get what you deserve, boys. Rebellious. We're not coming to get you. I need to come get my boys back. <laughs> yeah, that is strange. Or, or is that species just that tall? They're just small. <clears throat> I don't know. Head was bigger than ours. Did you have that? Was that was that the drawing? Yeah, that's the drawings from. You can just Google it and put Nurse Roswell crash alien, and she has little sketches, the little pads on the ends of the fingers. Yeah, so that's what he described. showed. That's what she showed him yeah. in the restaurant where they're eating. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he threw up eating lunch. What's funny? What's funny is I cut this out, but he actually started. You can hear the way his demeanor is. He's very. But yeah. he, like when the end when that guy was asking about you know he actually went through and started talking about what they had for lunch. <laughs> really? Yeah, I didn't play nice. that, but it was. A, <laughs> you should have. That would have been riveting. I had a uh, real fine a Salisbury club, steak, uh, um, mashy taties. Uh, yeah, on she rye. had a BLT. <laughs> BLT. Yeah, the air was hot. They said they had to keep taking shifts because they kept getting nauseous. Well, what I want to talk about, and you can expound on, is oh, sure. the actual um, Air Force dude that said, we have a flying disc. This is the Air Force guy. It, yeah, and then they yeah. retracted. Well, he was like, it, that, it's, it's a flying disc. And they're like, oh, well, now tell him it's a weather balloon. So yeah. he doesn't know what a weather balloon looks like. <laughs> He's in the freaking Air Force, and he doesn't know what a weather balloon looks like. It's like he slipped up and was like, oh, Dang it, shouldn't have said that. <laughs> oh, man, you're right. I How could I mistake that? Was there any interviews with the guy who found it? What's his name? Yes, the pig farmer. The pig boy. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't see anybody. We're talking Mac, about uh, Mac, Mac Brazel. Yeah. Mac. Yeah. The rancher. So they actually got their hands on the stuff that it was made out of, and they said it was like liquid metal. Like they what? had it in their hand and dropped it on their table and it was like liquid metal. Really? And it just like, when they dropped it, it kind of spread out. I'm like, I want to touch it. Really? Yeah. That's a lot like... Um, Terminator 2? No, they are... Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is um, graphene. You guys know graphene? No. Uh, I know graphite. Is that a problem so, thing? No, that's like what they're putting in the, in the vaccine. The new uh, graphene, yeah, oh. yeah, we just got blocked on YouTube, but anyway, <laughs> well, it's, maybe this will release after because I my strike ends on February 12th, okay? So, uh, yeah, this so will we be should after. be okay, yeah, we but, should, yeah, keep going, but anyway, um, it's interesting you say that because if it's like it's like it is graphene is like a liquid metal, and really, if they they hit it with the right charge, they can cause it to clump together, and a lot of scientists and be solid and be become solid. Wow. Yep. Yep. So there was the big thing with um, 
um, the cell phone towers, the 5G. You know, everyone yeah. was like, oh, yeah. these 5G towers. They it's can causing ma- COVID. They can manipulate the graphene in people's bloodstreams with the towers. Mm. It's that same metallic structure. You can you can manipulate it with sound waves and that sort of thing. I wonder if that's where they got that technology wow. from. That's interesting. You know, yeah. and now they're now it's dumping into people's bloodstreams. How do we get in their bloodstream? <laughs> through vaccines. the vaccines. Through the COVID vaccine. Oh, okay, that specific, not yeah. the polio or yeah. Well, pox. I mean, they might have graphene in them too, but MMR. Mm. Yeah, which that's you know, a we can go down a rabbit hole on that for days. Well, that's interesting. But anyway, yeah, so. But with that being said, you know, since they can manipulate the graphene in the blood system, a lot of people think they can manipulate moods, they can manipulate uh, health functions, all kinds of stuff with it, with this metal, because they can, you know, it'll change the chemical makeup of your brain. It'll make you angry. It'll make you anything. Dang. Where That's is this on the periodic chart where's graphene know. you no, know what i'm saying we're getting real scientific now i don't know I, I don't head. think it is i've never seen it it's on not the, on the chart is it something that's created that's a multiple multiple what's well, like a molecular thing chemically made yeah hold up i gotta look mm. that up now I'll look talk about your oh you will yeah, okay look that up stuff. i'll keep um what were you looking up graphene graphene i just want to i just want some info on it so and also the the radio the radio oh, the radio guy. announcer, yeah. yeah, Ragsdale. Yeah, so he was announcing that hey, flying disc was found, you know, reported by the Air Force, and he said that the military called him and was like, um, "Shut this down, stop." Now. Yeah, they threatened him. Yeah, they threatened him, and and then they called the owner of the radio station. <clears throat> no. Yeah, and was like. Shut this down. You're because, done. Because they told the radio guy, they told him they were like, hey, you know, stop this. And he was like, I ain't going to stop it. You can't shut <laughs> My name's up. Ragsdale. And uh, he was like, oh, we'll see. And then it came from his boss. Stop talking stop about it. it. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Dude. It was a weather balloon. Did he get on and say that? I bet he... Oh, that just probably. Yeah, I don't think he probably retracted it. I'm not sure, but from... He the, needs a podcast. Yeah. Ragsdale. Yeah. I wonder if he's got one. Um, one of the girl, like the the, I think Max. I don't know if it was his daughter or one of the neighbors or something like that. She, w- I saw her on a documentary and she was talking about the liquid metal. Yeah. And the military <clears throat> came to. She said, you know, the military was always nice and everything, and but not this day. No. Then after that, she was terrified because they came to their house and was like, um, "You weren't there," and she was like, uh, "Yes, I was." I was there, and he was like, FBI, open up! He was like, no, you weren't. When are you going to get this through your thick skull? Wow. He, and he said the same kind of thing. Um, if you don't shut your mouth, you're going to be found Yeah, maybe in the desert, your bones, you know, that kind of thing. You're done. So that was going around a lot. Jeez. Then. Yeah. So, okay, that that is actually corroboration. Is that the right word? Okay. When you get a story right? Because yeah. dude just mentioned it. Yeah. And now you're saying another person mentioned that mm-hmm. same thing about being threatened about your bones being stuck up in the desert. Yeah. Well then Dude. So so I don't know what you have on this, but you know, it came out years later that okay, we lied. The the military came out later and said we lied. It wasn't a weather balloon. Mm. Did you did you hear about that? Yeah, I think I have Let me can I hop on this graphene real quick? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Get it, bro. <laughs> 
All right, let me give you some science real quick. I know you guys love that. <laughs> All right, Are you going to so read it? I am. I'm going to read it. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a scientist, so I'm going to read it. So, and this is this is hot off the press. Uh, it's an, Graphene is an allotrope of carbon consisting of a single layer of atoms arranged in hexagonal lattice nanostructure. The name is derived from graphene and the suffi- uh, suffix ene, reflecting the fact that the graphene allotrope of carbon contains numerous double bonds. Each atom in graphene sheet is connected to its three nearest neighbors by O bonds and a decolized bond, which contributes to a valence band that extends over the whole sheet. The same type of bonding seen in carbon nanotubes and polyadic aromatic hydrocarbons, and particularly in fullerness and classy carbon. The valence band is touched by a conductive band, making graphene a semi-metal with unusual electronic properties that are best described by theories for massless relativistic uh, particles. Charge carriers of graphene show linear rather than quadratic dependence of energy on momentum and field effect. Transistors with graphene can be made that show bipolar conduction. Charge transport is ballistic over long distances. The material exhibits large quantum oscillations and a large nonlinear Diamagnetism, graphene conducts heat and electricity very efficiently along its plane. The material, the material strongly absorbs light of all visible wavelengths, which accounts for the black color of graphene. <clears throat> Yet a single graphene sheet is nearly transparent because of extreme thinness. Sheesh. Microscopically, graphene is the strongest material ever measured. <laughs> what? Yeah. And it's, so it's like vibranium. Yeah, it's it's manipulated by uh, radio waves, sound waves. It absorbs energy. I mean, dude, that sounds that, like something from another world. If that's not what they found, dude, that sounds like something from another world. I'm connecting dots that may not have even been there. But <sighs> come on, dude, that's good stuff. Maybe you just know. got to the bottom of that. I think so. That was the liquid metal. Had to have been, dude. They had to have found a way to manipulate it to keep it intact. Been using it for hundreds of years. They pulled it off of the aircrafts. Now they're injecting it into people's bloodstreams. Yeah, and they probably tried to clone it, make yeah. more of it. Yeah. Break break its composition down. Let me look up when it was found. All right, look that up. I'm going to go ahead and, and piggyback on Susan. In 1994, the United States Air Force released a report commonly known as the Roswell Report, Facts versus Fiction, in the New Mexico desert. The report was intended to address... And provide an alternate, alternative explanation for the debris recovered in Rosville in forty-seven. Here's here's some key points for that report. Okay, number one, Project Mogul explanation. The primary focus of the report was to debunk that the idea, debunk the idea that the recovered debris was from a spacecraft. Instead, it supported the explanation that the materials were part of a top secret project known as Project Mogul. <coughs> you now, said, then again, they could be making this crap up too. You mm-hmm. said uh, you said this happened in what year? 94? Um, oh, oh, when it ha- the incident? Yeah. 47. 1947. Uh, oh, no. Don't say it. Expert uh, while is explored theoretically by P.R. Wallace in 1947. That's mm. when they started experimenting with this graphene. Well, I wonder where they got that from. Son of a Dude, we seriously just got to the bottom of that. 
Wow. Wow, dude. They pulled off and then they named it something different because they didn't know what to name it. Instead of alien juice, instead of call liquid it metal, let's call it graphene. That sounds scientific. Man, dude. That's crazy. And now it's in people's bloodstream, dog. Isn't that crazy? Which can be manipulated with 5G towers. Mm hmm. Mm. Case closed. Close the episode Shh. down. We got to move. All right. Yeah. What do you say, Guapo? Tell us what's going on. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Thank you for that, Joey. Uh, Project Mogul. I already said that. Mm-hmm. So that basically, a- they're like, hey, <laughs> it wasn't a weather balloon. It was a project we didn't want to tell you about. It had to do with Soviet Russian sound waves and stuff yeah. like that. They were trying to. They uh, said the goal was to monitor monitor and detect sound waves uh, generated by Soviet nuclear test. Mm-hmm. Nothing to see. And it was involving high altitude balloons. I mean, so y'all still on the whole balloon thing? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Uh, let's see. Witness testimonies were reevaluated. So the report also in 1994 reevaluated and analyzed various witness testimonies from the Roswell incident. It argued that many of the counts could be attributed to a combination of misinterpretations, misremembering, and the passage of time. Oh, how convenient. Well, that girl said she was really scared, and she said after they told her you weren't there, she was like, no, uh, I wasn't. I mean, they were terrified. Uh, yeah. yeah. Misremembering. Yeah. So y- you guys made misremembering happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the report acknowledged that the initial military response to the incident was characterized by secrecy and misclassification of information. It inserted that the reluctance to disclose details about the project and the associated technology contributed to the confusion and speculation. Of course you're going to say that. Well, you're covering up a cover-up. What do you... Because nobody bought your balloon thing, you had to come up with something different. Yeah. To cover up the cover-up. Right. Wow. While the 1994 report aimed to provide alternative explanation for the incident, it did not fully satisfy all skeptics or put an end to the controversy. Amen. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't get me at all there. Uh, so. Uh, did you see the video? In doing your research, did you see the video that where they um, did an autopsy of the alien bodies? Did you see those videos? No. You think it's real or faked? Absolutely fake. Well, of course. Oh, really? I mean. Oh yeah, it's really bad. I mean. Well, who made those? Are they using like uh Fisher Price tools? To <laughs> <cut them? laughs> they. they People are like, well, I don't know if it's real or I don't know if it's fake. And I'm just like, it, to me, in my opinion. So why did that video come out? Because I think because they wanted to make people look like fools. Like, oh, for a fake video. Yeah, this is a, oh, this, we're, you know, doing aliens, we're doing autopsies. It, it just looks so bad. I mean, it's like, I, I'm not a medical person, but I've seen enough people doing autopsies on TV. Yeah. That, there you go. It, you know what it looks right. like. I know what it should look like. <laughs> But it, it looked really bad. It was a fake video. And I think it was made to, because it looks so fake, to make people that are saying this look stupid. Oh, they gaslit it oh, straight yeah, up. Absolutely. You know? What a gaslighter. Yeah. <clears throat> I can't believe you didn't see the video. I haven't seen it. Dude, are you even a conspiracy? I'm not. Bro? Yeah. 
I've been faking the whole time. It's a cover up. <laughs> I know what a conspiracy theory is. All this time, looks like. I've been trying to undermine you guys. Really? Yeah. Okay. And now the truth's out there. I just want to believe, man. I just want to believe, bro. Show me that surgical lamp. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> what was his name? Orso? Orland? <laughs> Orwell or something. Or something. It was, uh, it was a nice name. Hey, guys, thanks so much for listening. That's going to do it for the Roswell Incident. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you visit our website, www.bottomofthat.com. Check out our blog for our resource material and all our show notes that we do here on the show. From there, you can find us on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and X, and also we're on TikTok. If you're listening on YouTube, Rumble, and BitChute, and you like this episode, do me a favor. Like, share, subscribe, leave a comment so the algorithm will serve this up to other people that like this material. If you're listening on any other podcasting platform, make sure you follow us. Turn on notifications so you never miss when we publish an episode. If you didn't like the Roswell incident, I thank you for staying this long. I thank you for listening this long. Tune in next week. You might hear Byron say, is that a probe in your pocket? Are you just happy to see me? Nice.